Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> I'm Lorraine Ballard-Morrill. I am so, so delighted to welcome back into our studio uh, a representative from Canine Partners for Life. They are an organization that trains service dogs. And joining us in the studio once again is Tanya DePilla, who is a Associate Director of Communications for Canine Partners for Life. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for having us. And you brought a canine partner right with you. I did. I have Hunts, who is a yellow lab, and he's in training to be a service dog. So he's in his second year of training now. What do we get right and what do we get wrong about service dogs and their purpose? Service dogs can be used for a variety of purposes. At Canine Partners, we train primarily for people with physical disabilities, but we also train some medical alert dogs, so dogs that can alert to seizures, cardiac conditions, diabetes, but there's dogs that can help people with visual impairments, people who are deaf, some veterans who have PTSD, so there's a lot of different things that service dogs can assist with. You know what I found so um, remarkable? I, I saw uh, a series on Netflix, I think it was. It was. I think it was called Dogs, and it had different segments. Yes. And one of them was about service animals and how they are trained and also how they connect with their, their human partners. Mm-hmm. And I was so fascinated with the variety of ways in which service animals can assist like you said, you know, someone with diabetes or someone who has epilepsy, for instance, that was one that really struck me because there was a young woman, a girl who had many, many seizures, but her dog was actually trained to recognize when a seizure was about to come on, which how do you do that? Yeah, so we do train seizure alert dogs, and we've actually found that the ability to alert is an innate ability that the dog has. So not every dog has that instinct. And we actually test them when they're in their second year of training. We actually work with one of our graduates who unfortunately has multiple seizures per day, but we'll watch how the dogs react around him. Mm. Some dogs will sleep right through a seizure. Others will pick up on it. And once we know they have that ability, we can positively reinforce it so that when they are matched to somebody, we can teach that person, this is the behavior your dog is doing to try to tell you that a seizure is coming. Once they form that bond, a lot of times they're alert gets down to around the same amount of minutes every time. So if your dog alerts 20 minutes before a seizure, you know that you have 20 minutes before a seizure is going to occur, which takes that fear out of your life. Yeah, that's remarkable when you think about someone who has multiple seizures, in this case, uh, someone who had many seizures per day. That could be such such challenge in your life to be able to handle that. But if you know in advance and to have this wonderful canine partner to help alert you, that's got to make life a lot, a lot better. Now, what is the process of training a service animal? How do you decide what set of skills you're going to train an animal in? Our dogs actually go through two full years of training before they're placed. And the first year is really just focused on basic obedience and socializing them in public because they are, once they're matched as a service dog, they're out in public 24-7 with their person So we want to make sure that they are 
used to all different environments, sights, sounds, smells. So that's really what their first year is focused on. And then their second year is when we teach them more advanced skills. So all of our dogs, no matter what they're placed for, are trained to help with physical tasks. But during that second year is when we'll determine whether they have that alert capability. And if we do, then we'll match them to somebody who needs that skill and then further customize their training from there. And then on the other side of things, how do you match your service animals with someone who needs one? There's a lot that goes into the matching process. We sit down and we look at every single applicant and the dogs that we have ready. And we look at first if they do need a dog that has the ability to alert. We look at if somebody is six foot tall and they're going to be using their dog for support, then they need a larger dog. We look at their lifestyle. If somebody has a very active lifestyle, we're going to give them a more active dog. Down to their hobbies. If somebody enjoys going boating on the weekends, we're going to make sure we give them a dog that likes the water. So there's a lot that goes into the matching process to really make sure it is the best match possible. And sometimes we'll have applicants come out and work with a few different dogs to see who might walk the best with them, who picks up on their gait the best, that sort of thing. So that's the the next step. Once you've decided that that person will receive a surface animal, then you bring them together and you decide which ones actually fit or you, how does that work? Yeah. So once we do match dogs to a specific person, they still have a few more months of training so that we can customize their skills based on that person's needs. But then the individuals actually come out to our facility and they come for what we call team training, which is two and a half weeks of training. It's a group training. So there's other people with them as well. And we teach them everything from how to properly care for their dog, all about the assistance dog industry. We take field trips into public so that they can get used to navigating with their dog while we're still there and able to support and assist them through that process. And then once they graduate, we have a lifetime follow-up program. So we're always there to support our teams through the lifetime of the partnership because people's lives change, their disabilities change. So we're just there to support them. You know what I found very interesting about this particular segment is how to navigate a family situation. So a person is connected with a service dog, but they may have siblings. They may have other members of the family, obviously, who are in the same home. So one has to be really careful about how the other members of the family interact with that service dog. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. So when we actually match a service dog to an individual for the first six months, we really limit their interaction with other people, including other family members, just because we want that dog to bond to that specific person. So by limiting their interaction for the first few months, they really learn who their person is and that this is the person I am here to assist. Now, after that, it doesn't mean that when they're in the home and they're playing, they can't interact with other people, but they really learn who they're there to support and they put all of their energy and focus into that one person. Right. All right. So all of this is very specialized and it does require, it's very work intensive and it means that, you know, you need to uh, to raise funds in order to support the training, uh, the very critical training that goes into making sure that these service animals are given the kind of training that they are required to have. So how do you raise money? What are some things that you do that we can do to help you? Yeah. So we have various events throughout the year that are fundraisers for us. We also, um, you can always just make a donation through our website, even just in-kind donations, whether it's a bag of dog treats or a dog bone or something, that is a big help to our 
mission and to our organization as well. So there's lots of ways to get involved and help support us. Right. But you also have a fundraiser that's coming up, too. We do. So we have our open house and Cal Bingo, which is on Saturday, September 14th. I love it. Cal Bingo. Yes. You have to describe what that is. Yeah. So it's actually it's really funny. It's something that we've done for a few years that people really enjoy on the day of our open house. We have a cow there and we are selling tickets now. We sell them all the way up through open house. And what it is, is you can purchase a ticket for $10. We sell 3000 tickets. And on the day of open house, we let a cow out into a field that has 3000 squares and if the cow does her business on your square, <laughs> you win $5,000. <laughs> that is awesome. Yes. I love that. That is hilarious. So um, the open house also serves as a way for, for the rest of us to see what you guys do, right? Yes. So it's a fun event where you can come out, learn about our mission. We do service dog demonstrations. We give tours of our facility. We have a puppy kissing booth. But it's also kind of like a festival. So we have food trucks and we have beverage vendors and we have other vendors there, dog related vendors that you can shop from. So it's just a fun day to come out, learn about canine partners and maybe learn about how you can get involved. We talk about volunteer opportunities, how you can support, things like that. Okay, so where are you located and what time does this event begin and end on September 14th? So the event starts at 12 o'clock and it ends at 4 p.m., and we are located in Cochranville, Pennsylvania, which is a small town in southern Chester County. The event is held at our facility, and our address is 334 Bags Manor Road in Cochranville, Pennsylvania. Okay, that's great. And we'll be sure to have that on our website as well. So uh, once again, if people want more information, what's the best way? I guess you should share with us what your website is. And do you have any social media that we can also follow? Yes, we do. So our website does have more information just about our organization, but the open house as well. And that is the letter K, the number nine, the number four, life. L-I-F-E dot org. So it's K9forlife.org. Um, we're also active on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So you can look us up that way as well. We share lots of information about our events, but also graduate stories, pictures of puppies, fun stuff like that. Oh, that sounds great. It sounds like a g- wonderful family event for everyone to come to on the 14th. And of course, there is the cow bingo, which... It sounds like you have to be there to truly (laughs) appreciate it. But what a fun way to raise awareness, raise funds for an incredibly good cause. One more time, what is that website? It is k9forlife.org, the letter K, the number nine, the number four, life.org. Great. Tanya DePilla, who is Associate Director of Communications for Canine Partners for Life, which is an organization that trains service animals to be matched with those who need them. And they are really a wonderful organization and there's lots of ways you can support. So please try and do that if you can and certainly check out their fundraiser that's coming up on the 14th of September. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. I'm Lorraine Ballard-Morrow. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.